0: I, I, I we were talking about it earlier, but this morning I went to uh something called Giants of Justice, which is the annual um celebration of um, people and yeah, people that uh, at this nonprofit I'm on the board of. It's called Clergy and Laity United for Economic Justice and every Every year, we have this celebration honoring folks who have done things um, accomplished or for work that they've done over the years in the cause of economic justice. And um, that was this morning, and I had to be there at 6 a.m., and um, it was great. It was really, really great. It's always so inspiring. It's always so inspiring. And and this year, a the, the couple of some of the, well, there were three people we honored or three Groups. Um, the one was um, this couple who've been working with um, immigrants for years and years and years, helping them with asylum, asylum, getting them out of the ICE detention centers, uh, which are horrific places. And so we honored them for their work. We honored this um, this um, Jewish community that has this really a lot of action. Um, in the community they've worked with unhoused people really trying to find them to get houses that they see a need and they work toward it and so we honored them and then um the Chateau Marmont is a very famous hotel in Hollywood um it's where John Belushi died and I mean it's been around for years and years and years it's very chic it's very expensive and at the beginning of the pandemic they fired all their workers people have been there for 30 20 years and they didn't rehire them even though Los Angeles put a right to return thing they passed a right to return law so that you had to after the pandemic if you were opening up you needed to rehire the people that you let go and so there was this boycott of the Chateau Marmont. Then these people, these workers were outside every week for months and months and months, and people didn't make films there. Um, I can't remember. some. Oh, that that Lucy and Desi movie that came out earlier this year with Nicole Kidman. They were going to film there, and they said, nope, we're not because of the boycott. Anyway, they ended up... Um, Uh, the, uh, the owner of the hotel finally relented and allowed them to unionize and brought the workers back. So, you know, celebrating stuff like that, which I think is really important, especially when we're in a, an era right now that seems so fraught with, um, things that are breaking down, um, problems, um. I don't know if you've heard Craig, but in Los Angeles, there was a tape leaked last week where city. Oh, you've yeah, it's pretty big. It's pretty awful. It's pretty disgusting. Where the city council was some four three city council members and the head of the L. A. Federation of Trade Union of Unions um, were disparaging with really a lot of anti-black sentiment and anti. There were four the four people of uh, latino latinas and then they were disparaging people from oaxaca so it it was just like this mess this mess this mess this mess and so that was there too and um one of the couple of the people resigned and one one of the council members yesterday said no he's not resigning. he's sorry he's sorry he did that but he needs to stay and do the work and it's like this lack of accountability this lack of accountability for having done something and i was having a conversation with someone today saying apologize resign and then go go do some reflection and learning and 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 then come back and um but this inability to take responsibility for your actions which is so predominant these days it's this this greed this selfishness this 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 addiction to power that is so um addictive and there I saw a quote today that from this guy Eddie Glaude um Eddie S. Glaude Jr and he said we're running deficits in courage and convictions these days and it seems to me the reason for that is a kind of odd toxic brew of greed and selfishness and of course grievance and hatred so that's greed and aversion right there and so why am i talking about this and what does it have to do with buddhism or buddhist teachings this is how the three poisons show up in the world it's not just personal it's not just what we're stuck on where we're craving where we're averse it's to recognize that these things are so um, prevalent in the world we're in. They show up everywhere. The Kalesas. you know, the three, def- the three poisons, three defilements are greed, hatred, and delusion. Um, and you see it in the power grabs around the world. There's Putin. There's Trump. There's the redistricting stuff that's going on. The gerrymandering. There's the, the, the power um you know the the uh uh reproductive rights that's not about um reproductive rights that's about power the stuff that's going on with the women in iran that's all about power uh it's really this holding on to of what we think we need and you see it um around the world you see it at work you see it in various places you see it with your homeowners association you see it in schools you see it with family members it's this wanting to hold on to what we have um and not wanting others to get it so it's really important to see how it shows up i really love i just am so enamored of these teachings because for me and I, i don't think it's because um i kind of you know take the stuff and force it into the the Buddhist viewpoint. I think I look at the stuff and go, "Oh wow, this is what the Buddha was talking about." It just kind of for me pops and I'm able to see it that way. Um you know, and I I've been talking about this for years and years and years. In fact, I have a whole bunch of my talks and I didn't go through all of them, but I know I have one that I gave in June 2015. So that's like 27 years ago. And it, the, t- the title was Fear and Outrage and Anger and Grief. It's like, I don't know, I could give that talk today. It would be very, um, you know, fear and outrage and anger and grief. And um, because there's so much going on, there's so much fear. People are so gripped by fear. Other people fan those fears. There's so much outrage by what's going on right now, any level. Um, there's anger there's grief around loss there's grief around so many things and so to hold all these things you know and this is where the teachings come in this is where and this is this is what i love about the um this organization that i belong to clue because it's an interfaith organization and so there's um, i'm co-chair of the board and my co-chair is a united methodist minister um we have rabbis we have muslims we have all kinds of people so there's all kinds of faiths represented and we're walking hand in hand and what this does is it allows me to hear social justice teachings from other um other uh belief systems and it's it's really lovely and um you know i still i still um, And in Buddhism, you can find that stuff like in the Dhammapada, the one that's so famous. Hatred is never stilled by hatred, only by non-hatred. That's the eternal law. You know, so Buddhism is right there in with all these these other faith traditions about really needing to address how these three poisons show up in the world. It's not just saying, oh, too bad they're over there. I'm just going to take care of myself. It's about how do we recognize and address in whatever way we can. Um, the person who gave the keynote today, the keynote address this morning, he talked about, I, I, and I really like this. I'd never heard this before or in this way. He, he said, power without love is fear. There's this fear that we're going to lose our power. And so when you are gripped by fear that you're going to lose something, you're going to start doing stuff to hold on to it. And then you're going to develop, you know, ways of defining the other. There's the safe people and there's the non-safe people. And how do I make sure that the people that are going to grab the power from me are put in their place so they can't? and so power without love is fear and that means that power with love is unafraid and i really was i was reflecting on this and it's like wow that's a that's a powerful statement and i believe it's supported by the buddhist teachings as well again this 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 gentleman who gave the talk the keynote today I think he's United Methodist. I might be wrong, but he's a he's a pastor in a church in, in um in Los Angeles as well. And he talk in and, and you know the Meta Sutta is what the Buddha gave the monks, the bhik- the bhikkhus, to deal with fear. You know, it's like here, bring your fear and 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 offer love, you know, and when you are sitting in this place and I'm just thinking out loud right now I haven't I haven't fleshed it out because this is such a, a a new concept is like when you are sitting in if you have power but you also have love, you love all these people you're not afraid there's a there's an aspect of generosity in love, which is again an important teaching of the Buddha. It's like generosity is an antidote to clinging and it's like, here have some of this power i don't need it to be x y or z i don't have a self you if if you're in this place of of equanimity and balance and clarity of seeing what's real and what's not real and seeing how you're not trapped then you can have this generosity of spirit that things can be shared and that power is not the be all and end all it was really I think it's 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 a really excellent thing to reflect on, you know. And a couple of years ago I gave an because I, I was going through all these talks and looking at it and going, Oh my gosh, I've been doing this for a while, I gave a talk a couple of years ago talking about standing firm in the Dharma, that we can face these 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 um, defilements, these poisons that are that are um, so prevalent by standing firm in the Dharma, standing firm in these teachings. You know the teachings on, on um, Sila, on integrity, on accountability, on, on owning up to things, on being honest, on being kind, on being compassionate, on learning how to walk through the earth, walk through the world in harmony with others, to let go, to renounce, what causes suffering what causes harm and to to be willing to say i caused harm i'm going to go reflect on this um yeah as i said this being in this organization allows me to hear words of of um social justice from many 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 faiths um there's one that I heard, I heard it a couple of years ago, I think for the first time, and it's from the rabbinic tradition. And it says, it's not up to you to finish the task. That means working towards ending harm, ending suffering, taking, you know, addressing social justice, economic issues, whatever is in front of you. Um, It's not up to you to finish the task, but you are not free to avoid it. I love that it's like you know because we get in this idea i have to see the end i'm you know i need to make sure that things are changed in my lifetime which is crazy because this stuff just goes on and on and on it shows up over here it shows up over there we take care of this issue then there's an issue over there so we just have to address it and and the rabbi who uh received a giant of justice this morning she talked about and this is a very again found in many many places do what you can where you are do what you can where you are we don't have to do it all we don't have to fix everything we don't have to address world problems like these folks who were offered uh, who we honored this morning they're just addressing some issues in their neck of the woods and making a huge difference in people's lives making a huge difference in people's lives There's a story, and I don't remember what it is. I have to, it just popped into my head. It's about somebody like, is it walking along, and there's like a bazillion starfish that were washed up on the beach, and taking one starfish and putting it back in the ocean. I might be wrong about what it is, but I think it was a starfish and saying, Why are you doing that? You know, you're not, there's so many billions of starfish you can't help. And it's like, Yeah, but that one really appreciates what I did. So. You know, it's not about saving all, it's about take doing what we can where we are with what we have. You know? And so I stand firm in the ground of of um, being willing to help in sila and living in harmony, living with integrity. And Bhikkhu Bodhi, the, the the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful quote from Bhikkhu Bodhi when he's talking about this is the special challenge facing Buddhism in our age is to stand up as an advocate for justice in the world, a voice of conscience for those victims of social, economic, and political injustice who cannot stand up and speak for themselves. This is the deeply moral challenge marking a watershed in modern expression of Buddhism. You know, And he says, I believe it also, also points in the direction that Buddhism should take if it is to share in the Buddha's ongoing mission to humanity. This willingness to be present and not have it just be about ourselves because we sit on the cushion and we practice and we and we work for our benefit but we work for the benefit of all and um you know then there's the teaching i talked about this a while ago about being a bodhisattva you know being a bodhisattva and um diana winston says it's a wonderful and useful archetype for our work as socially engaged buddhists it's about easing suffering where we find it. And then just quickly around um, being a Bodhisattva is having an intention to 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 ease the issues, ease the troubles of people, or and you know, address issues. Whatever whatever interests us, wherever we are with whatever we have, that's what we want to do. It's a, it's a spiritual practice, so you have a foundation of some teachings to support you. The Dharma, the Eightfold Path, is an amazing foundation for this work. Because it says, don't cause harm. Be kind in your speech. You know, don't take what's not offered. And, and expanding, cultivate generosity, cultivate compassion. It's non-attachment. You know, we're not attached to outcomes. We're not attached to views. You know, we're just working with what's in front of us to do what needs to be done. It's about taking action, whatever that is. And I love this piece. Um, this is from an article that Diana Winston wrote. I think it might have been in Tricycle. I'm not sure what magazine it is. It's from many years ago. She goes, "No know, know the history. And so it's really important, especially in this country, to know the history of the systemic oppression that's been going on. And, and the, you know, the, uh, the racism and the misogyny and the anti-LGBTQ um, plus world that we've grown up in that is so predominant and so prevalent and to see how it's systemic. It's not just, oh, if we fix that person, then we'll be fine. It's like it's, it's, it permeates our culture. So to have that clarity and that awareness is so important. And to recognize we don't do it alone. We do it in community with like-minded folks who are working in the same direction. It would be impossible to do it by ourselves. It would be impossible. And recognize that there are obstacles to it. And that it's not necessarily going to come to fruition, like that. That wonderful quote from um, the rabbinic tra- tradition: "It's not up to you to finish the task, but you are not free to avoid it." It's like um, John Lewis said: "It's not the work of our lifetime; it's the work of generations." So, um, yeah, I was, as I said, very. Insp- I'm always very inspired. At giants of justice by these people doing all this work and um really really making a difference in the world um and lifting up others while they're doing it so thank you for letting me um um blather on about this and uh yeah thanks for your kind attention